Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, welcome to Thursday. Uh, and the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. Uh, we're glad that you can join us again. Dave and Wendy are still here with me. And again, I'm Steve, and we uh, enjoy talking t- uh, to each other this week and kind of taking a broad perspective of a big chunk of the Old Testament and um, and kind of seeing what does God, what do we learn about God through these passages. Um, and so on Thursdays, before we jump into the scripture today, we like to share just what we're thankful for. Um, and so... David, Wendy, would you be willing to share something that you're thankful for? Um, one thing I'm thankful for is actually a, a family at Victory Point. Um, I won't name them, yeah. but uh, yeah, uh, we do foster care, and it's it's always a blessing when they come up, ask how it's going, and maybe even give you a little note of encouragement. So yeah, it's, uh, and yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they listen. So I won't name their names. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful for you, Dave. Oh. Um, I, this past couple of weeks, am so grateful for teachers. Oh. Okay. Um, six kids went back wow. to school. Yeah. And they're at four different schools. So lots wow. of different dynamics there, but just thankful for the energy that teachers pour in. Um, I watched my sister-in-law teach, and last week her school building doesn't have air conditioning oh man and so um roman and i took a little field trip on friday afternoon dropped some popsicles off to oh, her students there you. and just watching her interact it's like this is what you do all day long and bless you yeah like, i'm so thankful for teachers no oh, good yeah. well we're thankful for parents who uh who help and, and want to engage in that partnership so um but yeah well i'm just thankful um you know, the cliche thing is say I'm thankful for my family and my kids and all that stuff. And I am. I don't. But um, just it's some neat things are happening with with our kids. So um, my youngest daughter, my only daughter, Lori, she just got cast in the, the musical. And so she's excited about that. Um, Emma is off to college his first time um, at school. And he's a music performance slash ed, music ed major. And he made the... Um, second chair in the highest band so as a freshman second chair of of all the bands so that was pretty cool uh but he was really nervous about going to school and kind of meeting people and it's a new place and um and like within the first couple days he would say no i have some friends and we call them up and i'm getting along with my roommate so it's just kind of neat to see that that um is falling into place for him so so some good things happen in my kids lives that i'm thankful for that's always fun yeah all right well we're gonna um jump to 1 Kings 18 today, and now we're moving um, away from Solomon into Elijah, and Elijah is kind of one of the more well-known Old Testament prophets. Um, he was sent as, a, as God's representative, and, and it was interesting as I did a little um, reading of the footnotes, This he was sent to represent God instead of the kings or priests. Um, up until this point, kind of the king was God's representative. You had, you had David and then Solomon. But by this time, a lot of the kings are falling away from, who, from worshiping God, leading uh, God, and they're, they're worshiping Baal um, and promoting Baal worship. And Elijah was really sent to stand up against that. 
to be a spokesperson for God against the leaders um, and to really say, you know, Baal worship is not what we should be doing, and those who worship Baal should not be doing it. And we kind of get that in the story, but we, uh, Elijah kind of starts his ministry, um, and he, in a time where a lot of the prophets are being uh, murdered, killed, Jezebel is kind of on a, a quest to kill all of God's prophets, and um, there's one man of God named Obadiah at the beginning of this chapter who um, he actually hides uh, 100 priests in a couple of caves, giving them food and water to kind of protect them from that. So um, Elijah steps into a situation where it's not safe to be a prophet. It's not safe to, to stand up against Baal and Baal worshipers. Um, and um, that's kind of where we pick up. So um, he has kind of, you know, it's him on his own, and he has called out 450 prophets of Baal um, and said, all right, meet me on Mount Carmel. We're going to kind of see whose God is real. Is Baal real, or is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob real? And um, so we're going to uh, pick up with the challenge that he lays down to them and see how it goes. So we're starting with verse 25, um, and we'll read till about verse 39, I believe it is. So um, I think, Wendy, are you reading? I'm going to read. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one of the bulls and prepare it first. Since there are so many of you, call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until the blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifices. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. They came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took twelve stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two seahs of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, Fill four large jars with water, and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all of these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all his people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. All right. Thank you for, for reading that. So what did you guys learn about God in this text? What, what does it tell us about who God is? One obvious thing that stood out to me was just God's power. Um, yeah. If he could take a, a burnt offering and her sacrifice and Lighted on fire after it being drenched, and actually lighting on fire from the heavens. Yeah, yeah. That so shows some uh, pretty powerful. Yeah. Powerful yeah. and so creative. Like, yeah. 
I mean, he didn't just burn up the bull, the sacrifice. It was everything else, too. Yeah. And, I mean, fire coming from the sky, just the sheer power of it, but the creativity yeah. of it, too. Yeah, I, that's, I wouldn't think of it as being creative. So that's that's good. I like how, how you said that. So, um, yeah, what I, what I kind of see it as, um, I, I guess, Avengers fan Marvel movies, do you watch those at all? Not really. Okay, that's, that's fine. Okay. So you can just tune out for this part. Okay. <laughs> so when I read this, it reminds me of, um, and so again, you might not get all this, but uh, there's this reoccurring villain named Thanos, and he does a bunch of bad things. And at the end of the movie, The Endgame, um, there's just Captain America left. All the other Avengers have been defeated or hurt or something, and he's just standing, and you have Thanos and all of his army coming. And it's just Captain America said, all right, come on, bring it on. It, and, um, and eventually some of the other Avengers come. But that just, uh, that's kind of what this feels like, that God's saying, yes, all my people have been killed. And it, it appears like Baal's winning, um, but I'm not, I'm not giving up. I'm not admitting defeat. Um, this might be a dark time, but I'm going to win. Um, and... Um, I'm going to send Elijah to kind of be my spokesperson, my billboard. Um, but God's saying it, it might look bad. It might look like I'm gone, but I'm not. Um, and here's a pretty, pretty um, uh, obvious, powerful way to say, oh, I'm still here. So, And he's dependable because he's putting Elijah up there yeah. by himself. I mean, even the guts for Elijah to say, yeah, I'm going to go up here with all of these other Baal worshipers and I'm going to trust that God is actually going to do what right. he told me, um, that dependability of God yeah. as a parent. Yeah, and that kind of segues into what we learn about, about men. But yeah, he, he kind of said, um, answer me, O Lord, answer me, so the people know that you're Lord and that you're turning their back. So it's almost like, is he hedging his bets, so to speak? You know, is he like, okay, God, I trust you, but please don't let me down. You know, don't. So that, but that takes a lot of guts. So, Dave, what about you? What did, um, as we think about what this tells us about humans, what? Uh, kind of what you, uh, a little bit what you said, but uh, be careful what you worship. Um, mm. Where the, it may look appealing, the Baal way, the prophet, uh, you know, the m money or jobs or sports, uh, that's appealing. Yeah. Um, and it looks like maybe there that's the better route um, but in the end um, that doesn't offer eternity so yeah yeah, um, yeah. Um, like you said the Indian that doesn't offer eternity I think what we see here is a whole nation of people who turn their back on God who who are worshiping Baal who um, were following the, the the false prophets and and they see this mighty display and they say this is the Lord. He is God. The Lord, he is God. And so Elijah shows them um, that God is more powerful and that God is the way. So what about you, Wendy? What do you think when, when you think about what God, what, what people, um, what we learn about people in this passage? Mine was along the same lines as yours. Um, it, that last verse there, you know, when they, they fell and cried, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. We can put other idols in our lives, but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean we can't turn back. Ah, yeah. um, and that's what, that's the objective that God had here by doing this. And 
um, he's always seeking us, but we have to still turn. Yeah. So. Yeah. Is that what we talked about earlier this week about we have a choice. Um, we can either follow Baal or we can follow God, but we need to make a choice. Yep. Um, and God gives us that. He gives us the opportunity to choose. Um, again, he doesn't want to force us to, to serve him or love him. Um, yeah. Well, what are some uh, kind of a takeaway from this or a challenge um, that you're going to try to obey as a result of this story? I think for me, it's trusting if God is bringing that fire. Like sometimes <laughs> just stepping back and trusting, yeah. you know, is he really going to do it? Do I have to keep asking? Yeah. Um, and then just recognizing again, like Elijah was totally surrendered at that point. He yeah. had committed. He had gone off that mountain. He had right. built that altar again, and he just committed to believing God was going to come through. Yeah. Um, because again, like my little billboard analogy, yeah. like that happening became a billboard for God's glory yes. and him, you know, kind of rectifying some of the wrongs that had been going on with the fallen people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just was encouraged to just to be brave enough to be used by God to be a, a billboard, to be in a position where through what I say and do, I bring people, or I don't, but God uses me to bring people back to him. Um, and so we just need to be willing to be used by God when he decides to show up and say, I'm not gone. I haven't disappeared. I'm still here. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a challenge for our listeners as you go um, throughout your day, through your week. Uh, remember, uh, God may be calling you uh, to be his billboard, for you to um, point to people and show them how powerful God is, that God is better than the bales of this world, um, and uh, God will use you to, to do that. So um, just encourage you to seek those opportunities, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.